This is Women With Books, a collection of conversations about your favorite books, media, and all of the fabulous things in life. Curated by me, author Lindsay Emery. I'm so glad you're a part of today's chat. Welcome to Women With Books. We have one of my favorite people in publishing with me today, Nancy Nagel. How are you doing, Nancy? I'm great. It's so good to be here. Yay. We've been (laughs) chatting. Of course, I always say this. I'm like, we've been chatting before we started hitting record. I'm like, oh, we've said all of our good stuff already. We're done. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm sure we've got something else clever to share. (laughs) We do, because we haven't. We've just been talking about life and and where our families are at and how everyone's been doing. And we haven't gotten to talk about all the good books that we were writing and reading in the last year. So I haven't seen you since, um, oh, my gosh, 2019 New York. Is that when it was? I think so. I'm trying to. Yeah, I think that is the last time we saw each other. Man, my, blown by. Yeah, my feeling of time and distance and space is like so weird right now. That's because last year has been on, I don't know if it's on slow motion or fast forward, <laughs> but it's been it's, different. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, in a wrinkle in time. There's been a wrinkle in time. Oh, here we go already. Bringing books in. Yeah. It's been a wrinkle in time. Like someone took like quantum leaps and like put them together and now I'm like you know if someone came and told me that 2019 RWA in New York was yesterday I'd be like okay <laughs> so true sure it was yeah <laughs> well I wanted to get started with we started at the very beginning and I wanted to ask you um how did you start writing I actually don't think I know the answer to this question how did you start writing or was there a book that made you into a writer? Or did someone tell you you should be a writer? How did that start for you? No, you know, I think my story is a little different than a lot of people's. I, although as an avid reader, I never, not once thought, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to write a book someday. Never, ever. And um, I had a career with Bank of America. Um, I was a senior vice president in the technology area. And the year that I turned 40, my job included shipping jobs offshore, technology positions offshore to India. And I understood the whole reason behind it. And I, I believed it was the right thing to do, but it still didn't make me feel good. I felt pretty darn wretched about doing that. And a lot of those people had worked for me in the past because I'd been working in technology for a while. And um, so I really started doing some soul searching about, you know, what can I do that's good, I guess, to kind of make up for the bad stuff I was doing, right? <laughs> And um, so I started thinking about, you know, what are what are the things that have meant a lot to me? And what I came up with was that it was books every time, you know, there was something rough to handle, tough to handle, bad. I turned to books. That's what got me through. And I thought if I could write one book to help one girl through one lousy day, then that would be a super gift. And so I decided I was going to write a book. Oh, I love that so much. I actually have tears in my eyes right now. That is, but here's the big part, Lindsay. Wouldn't you? Now you would think, as a senior vice president of Bank of America, you know, managing all that stuff, that I would be bright enough to know that writing a book was really hard. 
<laughs> you make it look easy, Nancy. Well, I didn't. I mean, it took me nine years, nine or 10 years to get that first book published, you know, but I just, you know, the, I, but my goal wasn't like make it a career. It was just to write that one book. It was just like the makeup book. It's going to make everything okay and offset, you know, this, this task that I was working on. So I had no idea even then, um, even planning to write that one book that it was going to turn into a career. But that feels like the start of a book or a rom-com or something. Now, stay with me. Like, this woman who's in a high-powered corporate job, like, decides that she's going to make a difference in the world. So she starts writing a book and then ends up changing so many people's lives. It's it's really gorgeous. I love it so much. <laughs> Well, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> so that oh first, my gosh. That, the very first book I wrote, I called As Luck Would Have It. And I thought it was so awesome. And of course, it was terrible. And the funny thing is that the, the first book deal I got was the three book deal with Montlake Romance. And it was for the books in the Adams Grove series, which ended up being six books. And As Luck Would Have It is actually torn apart into all six of those books. <laughs> Oh. how much junk I had stuffed into that first book I had murder I had cheating I had <laughs> death I had love I had a wedding I mean you name it man it was in that book <laughs> now did you know it needed to be torn apart or was it the Montlake editor who's like mm, no let's, let's do this yeah, <laughs> I had already torn up torn it apart before then way before then um I was actually at a um Richmond Virginia uh writers group and they had uh, Kate Duffy from Kensington coming in and I got to pitch her and it was funny because she said to me you know what Nancy I love your voice I bet you can tell a great story but that one you just described to me that is all over the place has way too much going on you need to you slim down your timeline and split some of that stuff apart. And so that's what I did. I ended up tearing all those things apart and just kind of picking out the nuggets that made up a good, solid story. And that's where, you know, Sweet Tea and Secrets came, uh, was the first one. And uh, then the others, I was able to just pull different strings out of that first story and create six. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I also wanted to tell you, I think Sweet Tea and Secrets is one of the best titles ever. I just love it so much. I, I, I want it for my own. If you ever unpublish, I will steal it. <laughs> well, somebody else has already borrowed it for their title, too, which I think is so cool. <laughs> I can't even take credit for it because um, it was originally called Pearls of Wisdom. And Montlake was like, yeah, that's... Um, or I don't even know if it was Montlake that said that, but someone gave me the advice that was a little too inspirational sounding for how the story was. And so I went to my Facebook group and was like, okay, I need a Southern small town story title. It's got some mystery in it. And people started throwing things out there. And so I ended up just kind of smushing two ideas together and came up with Sweet Tea and Secrets. And, um, but then, you know, I got stuck in the, you have to name all the other books, something cute and rhymey. <laughs> Sweet Tea and Secrets 2 doesn't cover it? No, they're so funny about that. And then by book five, my editor was like, oh, I want a book with mint juleps in the title. I'm like, we don't even drink mint juleps here. <laughs> so I ended up having to include the Kentucky Derby so I could have mint juleps. And we called it mint juleps and justice. Um, <laughs> Good one too. I like that. 
and then barbecue and bad news. Yeah, they were fun titles. Yeah, mine would just be like Shiner and oh, what's something? Shiner beer and short. Okay, give me a second. I'll come up with it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what? Shiner beer and shortcake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of something like dangerous sounding, but I couldn't think of like because I think I have bank on the mind. I was like sureties. No. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. <laughs> well you said you read your whole life um what what was your favorite book as a child or a teenager that you you know loved brought you joy well I remember as a little girl having my bookshelf I had a kind of a short bookshelf at the end of my bed and I had all the Nancy Drews in numerical order and Bobsy Twins and I just I loved all those books and I still have a couple of the old ones that I just kind of leave on the you know on my nightstand and one of them's the one about the old clock and forget the other one. I don't even look at them anymore, but they were just so cool. I loved, you know, how, you know, she was kind of a strong woman and she was solving mysteries. And, and I was always just kind of a girly girl. I, I never would have done any of that stuff. Yeah. Was you never would have gotten a flashlight and gone into a tunnel under an old house. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> that is so funny. You brought that up. Cause I was Something so I I read some Nancy Drews, but I also read Trixie Belden's. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think they were like knockoff. I think another publishing house did their own, tried to do their own version of Nancy Drew or something. And um, I was just thinking about that the other day about they really affected me as a writer. Like the idea of a woman or a young woman just going like, "I'm going to solve this crime that I see in my city or town with." <laughs> With the with my cute boyfriend and my good friend, my bestie, and I'm like that has really shaped who I am as a person. Yeah. Like, the police can't solve it, but you know I can just go in and see all the evidence right away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look through a window and oh, I see something interesting. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what three things have brought you joy in the last year? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I think the first thing is my eight-year-old stepson. You know, I, you know, I never had little children of my own. And so um, being able to kind of live things through his view has been amazing. And he's a wonderful reader. You know, and a couple years ago, I'd have been saying, oh, I love reading to him and reading with him. And But now he's such a good reader. He's reading like at sixth grade level, you know, already. And he's only in the second grade. And so he can read just about anything to me. And he loves it. And I just get so much joy out of it. Um, let's see. So that would be the first one. The second one is kind of, you know, doing projects with Andrew, you know, uh, we hadn't mm. had a lot of projects to do together before. And this past year, we have had more things come up that we could work on together. And maybe some of that's because we're, you know, home more. Um, <laughs> and, and we we work well together. We don't argue and we get it done and we think totally different. Like what's logical to me is not logical to him, but we seem to somehow mesh and get through it. So that's been really nice. 
Um, because, you know, my, my late husband and I could not do anything together. <laughs> he would get so mad at me because I would be telling him what to do. And I probably tell Andrew too, be like, no, no, it needs to be this. And he'd be like, oh, just leave me alone. I'll get it done. And then he'd have to come to me and go, all right, so what were you saying? <laughs> like, I, love, I love the gravel car. I miss that in him. But <laughs> Um, so anyway, that's been really nice with Andrew and this isn't really for the past year, but you know, Lindsay, you know, and I've talked about it that, you know, we sold our home back in November and with the crazy housing market, our house sold in two days and we did not have another house on the line yet. And they wanted to close in 30 days. So, which would have put us closing in the middle of December. And so we had to figure out where we were going to live. And of course, we have four horses and two big dogs. We have a chocolate lab. And then we have Large Sarge, who is a perennial mastiff that weighs 180 pounds. And so you can't just go rent an apartment. (laughs) So most people are going to be like, yeah, no, he weighs how many pounds? Over 30. And um, (laughs) we ended up staying with our farrier at his ranch um, in a town probably about 40 minutes from where we lived and so we were able to take our horses there and um, we lived in their bunkhouse with the two dogs and Luke half the time and um, it was it was adorable and when we first got there we were like oh my gosh we can live here forever and it's super cute you know and it's got like the um, corrugated metal on the walls you know like like wainscoting and it had like Mm -hmm. The pretty chaps with the fringe on them, you know, hanging up in the ceiling and saddles on the wall and all kinds of rodeo posters and I mean, like total bunkhouse. And um, oh my gosh, but it was like 500 square feet and then it had a bath and a half. So like if you wanted to get alone, you just had to go to the bathroom because that was the <laughs> and the kitchen, it had like a little kitchenette, but there wasn't any counter space. And Andrew loves to cook, but he couldn't cook in there because there was just not enough room for him to make a mess, I think was the problem. <laughs> oh my. So, so what has been bringing me so much joy over the past month is that we did find a house, but and not only just a house, but it is just like our dream property. Um, it's a little Cape Cod that kind of sits up on a hill. Our home backs up to a mountain. It's called No Business Mountain, which I think is so cool. I may have to make a series about that. Yes. And, yeah, and it's got a stocked pond and the deer go strolling through the hills every day. And there's wild turkey out there and so many birds. And at 7.15, like clockwork, these two geese squawk, 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 squawk right over the house and then land in the pond. And there's a couple of ducks that live on it too. We don't know when they come and go, but it has been so joyous. And I walk outside in the morning on the back patio and I just kind of stand out there and take in all that beautiful nature. And I say my prayers and I literally cry every day that I am so lucky to live here. It is just so peaceful and beautiful. So I am, I'm taking great, great joy um, in that. Well, I, you, you did it again. You brought tears to my eyes again. That, that sounds joyous. And thank you for sharing that joy with us. That is ah, so affirming. And I can tell that, um, I think the first time you, t- you told me about the bunkhouse thing, I was like, I just know that this, this is all going to appear in a Nancy Nagel book someday about a cowboy and a bunkhouse or no right. mountain or something. So this is going to make you laugh. So okay. the book that I wrote for, um, or am writing for, um, 
Waterbrook Press, the one that's the follow-up to The Shell Collector coming out next month, is called What Remains True. And I had started writing that last summer, and we had plotted it out and everything. So, I mean, it was a done deal before we moved into the bunkhouse. But the girl in that book was living in a bunkhouse. And so we had this big joke in the family that I really need to write a book about rich and famous living in a mansion or a castle, because if if it's going to land me where I'm writing, I need to write something better than the little bunkhouse. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really funny because the book came first, um, but I definitely got some uh, additional details to put into that book. So it will definitely feel realistic. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah, don't manifest um, anything like, um, like getting stranded at sea or. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm not writing the next. Uh, what's the one with Tom Hanks in it? Castaway. Oh, um, yeah, I'm Cast not writing away, yeah. Castaway. Because <laughs> I don't swim, so there'd be no chance that I'd be saved. <laughs> Well, uh, you mentioned it, and I've just been chomping at the bit this whole time. I was trying to get through the some other questions first, but I do want to talk about the Shell Collector, which is coming out May eleventh. Is that that's right? Right. That is right. Yes. Okay. Well, I have to always ask because um, there have been uh, some guests, including some of our friends, who have had wrong <laughs> dates. <laughs> <laughs> So like I'm double checking just because sometimes Amazon's wrong. Like the publishers don't update Amazon or whatever. So uh, the shell collector is coming out May 11. And thank you so much for my early copy. It's, it's everything I want to do this summer is well, not everything, but um, it's such a good summer read. And um, I want you to just tell us about the book and where you got the idea. Well, I'll tell you where I got the idea first. Um, my cousin, Diane, who I was probably closest to of all my cousins, um, she had shared a story with me about a friend of their family who lived on the Outer Banks. And this gal, um, she, and she was an older gal, she was walking along the beach one day and, she, you know, there were some things heavy on her mind. And as she's kind of kicking through the surf, she picks up this shell and she noticed something on it and she picked it up and there was a scripture written inside of it. And it was like the perfect thing that kind of gave her the strength to get through what she was going through at the time. Well, a year later, she found another shell out kind of near her house in the same area. And within the the past 10 years, um, she has found like five or six different shells. And no one else she knows has ever found a shell with a scripture or a note in it. And so she doesn't really know where they're coming from. And of course, for her to have kicked it up in the surf, it's not like somebody could have left it, you know? So the yeah, it's story, on her front step or something. Right, exactly. And so that story had kind of hung with me for a long time. And Diane and I had talked about it several times. And um, the January that I lost Mike to cancer, um, she was getting sicker. Diane had been fighting cancer for a long time. And so I lost Mike on January 30th. And just five weeks later, I lost Diane. And um, so that story about the shells and the messages and stuff kept hanging on with me. And I'm sure a lot of it had to do with the loss of two such special people in my life. And um, so the the story just started kind of building in my head around, you know, 
the what if of, you know, messages and shells and, and if they came to you when you really needed guidance and, you know, how that would look. And out of that is, is what became the shell collector. And I love, love, love this story. I'll cry now. <laughs> because, I mean, I, I honestly think, um, you know, God gave me a lot of this story and, and the strength to write it because, you know, it deals with um, two widows. There's an older widow who lives in Wilkes Island. She walks that beach every darn day. And um, her husband passed away years and years ago. And um, she meets a, a young mother with two children on the beach who has just moved to Wilkes Island. And her name is Amanda. And she lost her husband two years prior. And she's still really trying to get her feet underneath her and raise her children. And she, so she has moved to Wilkes Island to kind of try to get a start, you know, where everybody doesn't know that she's a widow. And, uh, oh, God, you know, the, the story of these two women's friendship is just so heartwarming. And I think everybody deserves, uh, the older lady in the book is named Maeve. And I think every one of us deserves a Maeve in our life. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, Amanda and Maeve's friendship just really grows and they, they sort of rescue each other, um, you know, dealing with different things in their lives and things that they needed and didn't even kind of realize they needed. And so that story in itself is beautiful, but along with it, um, a friend of Amanda's late husband um, has started a, a business and he is opening a chain in that same town and they cross paths again. And there's just a, a great dynamic between him and, and her and her family and her children. And, oh gosh, I mean, I, I, I could just rattle on it. I cannot say it in a succinct sentence because it's just too beautiful of a story. No, right. <laughs> I don't. I, I think you're doing a great job. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I could do it any better because it's just all, it's, it's a bunch of threads that are woven together and into this, this story. And that's, a, that's the only way I could do it. Yeah. And it's a beautiful tapestry where it's, it really talks a lot about the small gifts in our lives and how we, we really don't even know how they're touching other people and, and pulling each other through, you know, the day to day. And in this case, you know, where it's, it's helping a heart heal. Um, so yeah, I just really, really loved writing it. There's a lot of fun characters and, and yes, there's grief and sorrow and, and helping Amanda get through that in the story, which sounds heavy or, or like um, someone once called it misery lit, but the story has so many light and fun moments. I mean, the children are just, oh, just wonderful. You're just going to want to gobble them up and take them to the beach yourself. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff like that. And then they've got um, a great little diner in town. And Tug is the old guy who runs the diner. And Great and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got, he's got a pet uh, that is there at the diner with him that is, uh, he calls the wife. And it's a talking parrot. Um, so I think people are going to love those things. I mean, there's just a lot of charm. But, you know, I think moreover, there's just a lot of hope and belief and faith and friendship and community. Um, I think it's just what everybody needs to read right now. It just mm. makes heart feel full. I mean, I yeah. can't even believe I got to write it. <laughs> when I read it, I don't know that I did write it. <laughs> no, it feels like such a Nancy. Even... Even though I don't, you know, I haven't known you that long, it does, I'm reading this and I'm like, oh, this just feels like 
Nancy. It feels like Nancy because that it's wise and warm and fun and um, not taking itself too seriously, but also wants to stop and acknowledge that, you know, grief happens, bad things happen, but, you know, we're going to smile through it and we're going to laugh through it. And, um, and anyone else who's hearing that this is a story about grief or, you know, widows, I would not be finishing it if it was too sad because I, I can't handle two sad books right now. So I would have been like, eh, not for me right now, but exactly. this is not it. Yeah. And I think that's part of why it's really been hard for me to communicate too, you know, and that it has some you know serious subjects in it, but I mean, overall it's a, an uplifting story about a small town and, you know, a community of people who are really uplifting each other. What's really interesting. And I don't, know if you've read it but i've um one of our anthology cohorts uh tiff marcello just had a book come out called in a book club far away but it's about military wives and there were some scenes in that about dealing with potential loss of a military spouse and um i I don't know i felt like going from that book and that was like i read that a couple months ago and then i read this one i feel like it's all part of like a community of books that we're all helping each other deal with some hard things, but it's, it's friendship, it's women, it's, you know, finding hope and love again. So I really felt like it was this weird, like, Oh, these books are sisters with, and y'all didn't even know it. <laughs> no, we didn't. And I actually have a copy of that, but I have not even broken the spine yet, which I will, you know, crease terribly once I start reading it. Um, so that's super fun. I did not even know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, similar, yeah, similar, similar themes about friendship and and like I said, uh, second chances and hope and. But anyway, I just I I started off your book. I'm like, wait, what? How could y'all be like dipping into the same well, but then have like these two completely different stories? Yeah. yeah. Well, then, you know, I mean, I I didn't have military directly in my life, but I grew up in Virginia Beach, and so we though that town is filled with military, and so one thing you learn very quickly you know, just being a part of the community is that, you know, the, the wives that are at home raising those kids and they're as big a heroes as those men that are fighting for us too. So, I mean, it really takes the whole unit. Um, so that, that was kind of a special storyline as well. Yeah. Yeah. You'll definitely get that from Tiff Marcello's book too. Um, but so, so as we've talked about, there's this, this thing, this theme in your book about finding seashells with messages and um, that sometimes are kind of funny and sometimes are more, um, I don't know, spiritual. And I have to ask you, if you could leave messages for people in seashells, what, what would you write? Would you write something funny? Would you, would you go to like um, a, a scripture? What, what would be, what, how would you communicate to people? Oh gosh, I know. Seashell. And, and, and it, this one is even in the book, um, but it, I, this is definitely the one I would put in its interrupt worry with gratitude. And that is, you know, I'm, and that's coming from a gal who's, you know, dealt with anxiety her whole life. <laughs> and once I read that and it settled in my heart, it really has helped me interrupt worry with gratitude. It is so simple. And we let worry you know, take the fun out of our day all the time. Um, so I'm trying not to give worry as much attention as it tries to clamor on to. And so, yeah, that would be the message I'd want to spread for sure. I would do mm. a whole 
face of seashells that said that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And honestly, where was this advice a year ago? We all needed this a year ago. <laughs> yeah, dang it. I hadn't made it up yet. <laughs> all right. Get back in that time machine. Oh, I love that. I'm going to write that down. Definitely. Um, it's interrupt worry with gratitude. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so what are you reading now? What's on your, what's on your bedside table or your... So I've got on your beautiful lawn. Yeah, well, and I just mentioned I have Tiff's book club book, and I also just got um, the Friendship List by Susan Mallory, and yeah, yeah, I'm anxious to get reading on that. And then I got uh, which one? I just got this book, and darn it, I'm not going to remember the name. I think it's Evie Drake Starts Over. Oh, yes, you'll like that. Oh, goody. Well, somebody had compared The Shell Collector. Like, if you like Evie Drake Starts Over, then you'll like The Shell Collector. And I was like, well, I need to read that then. I'll probably love it. So I bought that to read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that one. Um, it's got baseball in it. Do you like yeah. baseball? Yeah, I do. I have, a, I have a feeling you would like you would like baseball. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's got some a base. I think the hero plays baseball. I think he's a baseball player. So. That's a, that's a yeah. Good one. So, and it's also I by really, the sea, I think, too. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to just really sinking into these books on my TBR pile right now. I have been, you know, working on all this final stuff for the Shell Collector, but I've also got The Wedding Ranch and What Remains True. They're both in final edits. Um, we've, you know, already gotten through dev edits and stuff, but cleaning those up, but working on two at the same time at the same place in their timeline is something I haven't had to do. Usually there's, you know, one that I'm kind of starting, one that I'm kind of finishing, one that's done. So I have just been out of the book pages for a while and I am so ready to jump in and just sit outside and just read, 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 read. Yeah, I can understand that. That's, that is a lot. Cause I think authors and maybe some readers don't know this, but if you, you're sometimes like working on writing the first draft, but then you're also doing edits. And so it's like different books, but they're different stages. So you're doing all the edits for two different books. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a lot of brain space. Yeah. And, so, and, and yeah, that's been going on since January. So, I mean, I just have had zero time to read this year and I'm so excited to cram it all in. <laughs> well, were you able to read last year during pandemic time? You know, I did, but I did not read very much fiction last year. Uh-huh. I really spent my time in, in nonfiction stuff. And I guess because, you know, we needed to be uplifted. And I, those are the kind of things I was really grappling for. It's funny because I kind of sat down and to look at, you know, what the books were that I bought last year. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there is a theme, you know, because I read like Anne Graham Lotz's um, Jesus and Me. Candace Cameron Bure had that 100-day devotional. And she's done a whole bunch of little devotional books that are coming out like almost every month, I think, these days. Um, So, you know, I just really spent any extra time I had in that kind of stuff. And a little bit of, you know, just self-discovery and, digging in a little deeper on those kind of things. I love that. I love that. I think that everyone kind of found themselves doing something a little different because they needed different things or they finally got to spend time 
doing something that they, maybe they always wanted to, you know, like, like self-development or reading some history that they always wanted to. And now they finally had the time to do it. Yeah. And even though, you know, I mean, you know, being a writer, we're at home and stuff. So that didn't really change for us much, but I feel like kind of the noise of the world just kind of quieted a little. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, social media was crazy, but I, I could step away from that. But, you know, there just weren't as many people on the road. There weren't as many things going on. And so, yeah, it felt quiet enough to do some of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I leave um, I leave my door open in the mornings while I, I think I was telling you, I journal. And so my dog can go in and out. And I've definitely noticed last year, I was like, wow, I'm actually hearing my wind chime for the first time. And I don't really know if, you know, probably my wind chime was going off all the time. I, But there was just so much other stuff happening um, yeah. that I could just focus on the things in my own backyard, which is so Yeah, I love that. Is there a book that you always recommend to people that they should read or is one of your favorites of all time? Yeah. So, and, and some people are going to be, they're going to be, Oh my God, I know what she's going to say. <laughs> Time is a river by Mary Alice Monroe. And it probably came out, I don't know, 12 years ago, 14 years ago. I don't know when it came out. It's been out a long time now. Um, but I adore that book. You know, it's a breast cancer survivor and it's a story that's set in the mountains and um, there's fly fishing and a little mystery in there. There's just, it is a beautifully written book and it has a beautiful cover or at least one version of it does. Um, there's about three or four different covers I think out there for this book now, but the cover, the, the original one that I bought was a hardback and it had like um, a river. And so there was kind of bluish water and river rock. And then this one yellow leaf kind of floating in the river. And it was so beautiful. It still absolutely still sits face out on my bookshelf. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. I don't think I know this book. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, that sounds great. Um, is there a book genre or a book or genre that people would be surprised that Nancy Nagel likes? Well, since I can't even like answer a question in a sentence, it will probably surprise people that I'm kind of a maniac for those like little books. And so like, well, yesterday um, I was at the uh, Botanical Gardens in Kernersville. And so I was looking in their gift shop. And so they had like this little book about, I think it was called um, Finding Joy or something like that. And it was like 28 pages. And there's like 10 words on a page. I mean, there's like, it's hardly anything. But I love those little, and then some of them are like just three inches big, right? And there's maybe 30 pages or 40 pages. I love those things. I will spend a fortune on them. (laughs) And you can like read them in five minutes. I don't know why, but I love them. (laughs) I think that is really interesting. I, I, huh, okay. I would pay more attention to these things. <laughs> well, and you know, sometimes you'll see it where it's like, um, for my sister or for my mother, you know, they're just they're these little teeny books. I just love them. I, I don't think this maybe qualifies, but my, um, a friend of mine gave me for my birthday. Um, do you remember, uh, Amanda Gorman? She was the poet that, um, spoke at the inauguration this year. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. So a friend of mine gave me, her book for my birthday. I was like, Oh my gosh, thanks. And it's, it's real small and, and 
slim. And I'm like, okay, thanks. And I'm like, oh, this, this is lovely. I, I, I love that poem. I thought it was inspirational. And I got it home and I looked at it. I was like, girl, this book is that one poem. <laughs> exactly, right? And it costs more than like our 380 page books. <laughs> I know. And my daughter was like looking at it because it's a little, it's a little hardback book. And yeah, she's yeah. like, what's in that book? I'm like, it's one poem. One poem in a book. In a book. And I thought, and I'm like, and you know, the writer in me is like, girl, get it. Get it. We all need <laughs> we all need to write one poem yeah. per book. That's right. And have people pay us for that. That's I love book. that. Yeah, because they don't want to pay for five five ninety-nine for a paper or a Kindle copy. No, no. I I so I have it now on my desk and it's kind of inspiring me. See, but you like the content. And because it's yeah. kind of little and slim, it's kind of compact. And yeah, I don't know. They just absolutely thrill me. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I, yeah, I'm going to keep my eyes open. I, I haven't been to that many gift stores in, in a year. <laughs> oh, no. There, there I, is something you need open. to change right now. <laughs> I know. I know. I've, I've started now that... Um, my husband and I and one of my children are all fully vaccinated. I've been like, my parents are. So now I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I feel a little bit more comfortable, like not that I'm not going to bring something home to someone I love. Right. And um, so I'm, I've started getting out more and it's, it's great. It's yes. great. I, I thought, as an, I think as an introvert, I had like a longer period where I was okay with oh oh yeah definitely yeah yeah and I think a lot of writers were kind of surprised because that they needed to go outside because I'm like this is great and like part of my brain's like I don't have a problem with this and then part of my brain that's like no you're a social person you are a human being with needs (laughs) and you need to go out well, I was really lucky. There was a there, and, and unfortunately, with COVID and everything, they've had to close the business. But Four Fosters Books was in the town uh, right next to where I used to live, and they carried all my books, and we did book signings in that shop, mm-hmm. and it worked out really well because it's kind of a long shop, and so we kind of had one way in and one way out, and then I was kind of behind a counter, and then there was a table with all the books in front of that. So it kind of kept us from doing the accidental hugs or any of that because we were kind mm-hmm. of full apart. And um, so we did some good socially distanced um, book signings. And I tell you what, I was loving that. I mean, I, I am definitely, you know, I will sit in a room by myself by choice, <laughs> usually more often than not, but I do miss talking to readers and talking about books. And so those uh, book signings were just absolutely precious to me. And I appreciated oh. That they gave me so much. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to to do more events as the months go by and we all slowly kick it into drive again. Well, um, are you ready for the lightning round, Nancy? I don't know. Spring it on me. (laughs) Okay, we're gonna do it. Dark or milk chocolate? Milk chocolate. Coffee or tea? Tea. When your phone rings, do you answer it? Nope. (laughs) How do you usually waste time on the internet? I guess Pinterest. Yes. (laughs) 
I love me some Pinterest. I can get off all other social media. It's fine. Yeah. And I've done like a block, you know, on my computer where I'm like, I don't need any of that. And then I accidentally blocked Pinterest once and it was, uh-uh. it was painful, yeah. Nancy. You have to go back. Yeah. Because yeah. there's inspiration there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and failure, but you know, <laughs> I like to think I can do the same thing all those people do. Yeah. Where will you go? travel to after restrictions are eased and what do you want to do there oh gosh I'm probably going to go back to Cancun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll go with you yeah <laughs> we got a membership um to palace resorts in Cancun and well there's they've got a lot of places but we the Cancun's our favorite one and I really love it because you can go when the turtles are laying their eggs and see them do that. And then in the fall, when it's time for the turtles to go out to the ocean, you can help help them make their way to the sandy sea line. Um, so, yeah, that was really amazing. I really want to go back and do that again. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Do you call it soda or pop? I don't I think I call them soft drinks. <laughs> I mean, I knew there, I think when I wrote this question to begin with, I knew there were other names for it. Um, I just find it so fascinating, like all across the U.S. and maybe the rest of the country, uh, world too. Um, everyone calls it something different. So soft yeah. drinks. Okay. Soft drinks. Yeah. yeah. Huh. All right. You receive a $1,000 check from the Ministry of Self-Care and you are only allowed to spend it on yourself. What do you buy? A day at the spa. Mm, that's a good spa day. Yeah, it is. That's the world. Mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. your toenails to the roots of your head. Yep. You were doing the scrub. You were doing the stones. You were the doing the... Oh, yeah. I'm doing it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nancy. This is a very important last question. Uh-oh. What are your feelings about turning to the last page of a book first? Oh, it kind of, I, I, I can never do that. I can never do it. I like to start at the beginning and work my way to the end. Even with the short books? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because you know what? I like when I turn that last page, it's kind of that, oh, it's going to be over. And then, oh, I love them. You know, that kind of feeling where it's just, you know, you're, you don't want it to end, but then you're just, you're good. You're just happy. Yeah. It's the best feeling. It is. I think you've already kind of mentioned it, but um, what is coming? So Shell Collector's coming out in May of 2021. And then what else do you have coming up and where can people find you? They can find me on my website at nancynagel.com and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Pinterest, where there's a board for every book I've written and a few I haven't written yet. (laughs) Um, Coming uh, later this year, September 8th, the hardcover of The Shell Collector will be out. So I'm super excited about that. Um, A Heartfelt Christmas Promise will be out in mass market paperback in September. And then in 2022, I've got several things lined up, three releases coming in. So yeah, I hope everybody will stay tuned and keep looking for some books. <laughs> you're a hard worker. You're a hard worker, but you're making people happy. So that's what it's all about. Thank you, Nancy, for being on today. Thank you for having me. It's so good to hear your voice and spend some time with you. Yay.
okay, we'll do it again. I promise. Ma'am, I'd love that. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. If you love this conversation, please leave a review or consider supporting the podcast at the link in the show notes. For a list of books discussed in this episode and other fabulous content, sign up for my newsletter at womenwithbooks.com. And remember, keep reading.